0: It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, It's just your standard regular lunch, I guess.
1: Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did
2: your
0: mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, No, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward White.
3: And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. This is the Press Box. Cameron Stewart. Stephanie.
4: Mm-hmm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and better and than ever.
3: Along with you to uh, navigate you all the way to 2 o'clock with the John Morris Show and Big 12 basketball last night. Both the men and the women christened the... New arena with a win, and Baylor gets it seventy-one to fifty over TCU after being behind by four points in the first half. They just dominated the second half of this basketball game.
1: That's awesome. Just took awesome. it to them in the second half. At and, one point te- uh, TCU was up seven early in the third quarter, right. and they went down what a nine or eleven at the end of the quarter, and it was just a just a onslaught after that. The I mean, one team looked like they shouldn't have. Ever been in the rankings?
4: <laughs> I mean, they just a-
1: Baylor just absolutely took it to them in the second half, which was fun, enjoyable to watch. Right?
4: They were prepared. Baylor they girls sure were. were prepared.
3: And now Baylor just owns TCU. <laughs> Has not beat them.
1: Yes. Since
3: nineteen. Ninety-one,
1: Cam, Ooh. how old were you in 1991? Uh-huh. You want to know the real answer? Yeah, you I weren't did. even born, uh-huh. were you? <laughs> My parents hadn't even met yet. <laughs> your, mean, dad, your dad shoot. was
4: collecting tab. And yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. As a
1: matter of fact, yeah. Oh, the, we were way, we, this is way predates me. Yeah.
2: The, la- the last time that TCU beat Baylor in women's basketball, Justify My Love by Madonna was the number one song. Oh! And I was a sophomore in college, and I'm old. I was in college,
4: and oh wow, I wonder old. what the movie
1: was. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, have not been in college. It's <laughs> January '91. <laughs>
4: <laughs> were you Were you playing football? No. I were was, you coaching? Yeah. You were coaching.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Ooh, I remember those days a little bit.
3: A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. I did a lot of college. That <laughs> shocks me.
4: <laughs> wow, so it's been that long. That yeah. long.
2: That's How about a, that?
4: They broke the streak for sure. The number one movie
2: was Home Alone, the original.
1: Okay, yeah, that yeah, yeah, would make Home sense. Alone. January of 91. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it came out in 90. Yeah. I hate that movie. <laughs> really? That's a great did we movie. Talk, did we talk about this? Wow. Yes. I mean, I don't
4: hate it. It's Talk just not one of my go-to Christmas movies. You know, this makes that's, sense, no, Stephanie. You know why? why?
1: Because if you think about <laughs> Home Alone and Home Alone 2, because everything after that's terrible. Right. Like, just genuinely, nobody argues that. But Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, one that people like, right? Right. If you think about it logically for half a second, the movie makes just no sense at all. It doesn't. Not a not an no, ounce no, of sense. No, there's... that's what makes it great. though.
4: <laughs> you know I, what? It I is guess. Like, It's I mean, a guy movie. Like, like guys they get on the plane and they go. Ha- they
1: get
2: on the plane and they go home in real life. And right. Movie's over. And and or, or they send the, the police to the house to sit with him okay, until they can you, get somebody here. And I love how that's or such of a hundred big deal things they could have done, even in the pre-internet era. But hang on,
4: okay. Reality is, I'm a mommy. You don't forget your kid at home they are going the to Paris. It just does not
1: happen. Yeah, that's Ooh. that's the first part. Where's yeah.
4: Kevin? Oh, I don't know. We're just saving the world against the crooks. I mean, <laughs> come on. That's why it's a dumb, stupid movie, and all you guys out there like it because it's dumb and stupid. That's exactly that's right. Just like Ricky Bobby.
1: Well, that's a great movie. I don't want to hear any of that. That is a great piece of American I art. I will not
2: hear a slander about Will Ferrell movies.
1: Uh-uh. That's a fantastic film, but quick thought on Home Alone 2 which I watched over the break, I have not seen that in years to the point where I I don't remember. I know it's New York, Trump's in a scene. You know, I remember that, but that's it. And (laughs) what I think is so funny is like we had watched Home Alone a few weeks before and like the whole warmth of that movie is towards the end where he's like, I just want my family back. I just want my family back. And they come back and it's this great kumbaya moment, right? The second this thing happens again, which is absurd enough that it happens Again, he lands in New York. Finds out he's in New York. He's not with his family, but he has his dad's credit card. He's like, "Screw that! I don't need them. i right? needs
5: <laughs> just I don't who needs
1: a family. I'm just gonna chill." Like That's his mindset's funny. just bang, gone, yeah. done. Great. He, mean, his his brother bullies him one more time, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? Forget these guys. I'm gonna go just hang <laughs> gonna out gonna in go New York live by myself." I'm gonna go Central Park. <laughs> Ugh, I can't say it's one of my favorites but I wouldn't say I hate it. I don't
4: know. I don't love know. that movie. Yay Baylor Girls. Hits them with the pancakes. <laughs> <hands. laughs>
1: we could I think we could put up a compelling 2-hour radio show about movie talk. Oh, we definitely. always we always teeter on the edge of it. Mm-hmm. I think we all know enough and by, by the way, did you see the Von Erich movie? Did we talk about that last I have week? not
3: seen that yet I hear and it's I wonderful. absolutely want to see
1: it. I want to see it this weekend.
4: See, that was my
1: this my my growing here.
4: up days every Saturday night. Cause I wanted to stay a plate, but my parents would let me as long as I was at church on time. And it was the Von Erichs. Oh yeah. Oh, we me all my had on almost really? every weekend. Yes. Was this uh, a,
1: was this a big Texas thing or oh, just a yeah. oh, general? Oh yeah, okay. it was World Class Championship Wrestling. Right, right,
2: They were in the Sportatorium, which is a was a, was it's been it's torn down now. Mm-hmm. A terrible little uh, place in Dallas, and I mean like by terrible, I just uh, a very old. Not it kept dumpy. up building yeah, the
3: plat. It was a dump. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was running um, down. It was falling apart. So and- much history.
2: Uh, yeah, and it was huge, especially with, when it was the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds in the uh, late seventies and early eighties, before yeah. WWE kind of took over and made wrestling national.
1: Because can I admit something? Mm-hmm. I had never heard of them until this. You until I started to... heard about this movie a few months ago when it was coming out. Looked them up. I had, And I'm not a wrestling fan, so I, and I know it was bigger back in the day than it is for kids now, but I was just never a wrestling guy. Uh, but it kind of reminds me back home, uh, people in Massachusetts who wouldn't watch boxing at all watched Hagler all the time in the 80s. And so, like, my right. dad could tell you all about Marvin Hagler but about nobody else. And so that's what I was wondering, if it was a big wrestling it was, thing or it big was, thing. It was, I mean... It was, and,
3: and Bill Mercer was the announcer who... He's huge. He, he ended up being the first voice of the Texas Rangers. Uh, he was oh. a big, big influence on a lot of play-by-play guys that, that are doing things right now. Mm-hmm. Mike Caps was, you know, one of his protégés. He ended up teaching uh, at North Texas for a, for a very, huh. very long time. And Bill Mercer is just outstanding. But he was the guy that you – he was the voice that you heard mm-hmm. on – tv every saturday night for the wrestling and it it was amazing they have a great story
4: i mean they actually put wrestling on the map before you know like you know
1: i don't want to call it they were a big part of it yeah
4: they they actually did and um and it's almost like if you read their biography cam it's it's almost like they were so good but they were also like were cursed they lost and a brother. A whole, it's a, it, it is a it is a
3: tragedy. It, it was, the Kennedys it was of wrestling. Tra- pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a great analogy. Sure. I mean, they, they went through a, a lot. lot and a lot. every time you turned around, something was going wrong something with the Something
4: was happening. Erics. And, I and think, it was
3: big news in this area. I mean, in, in the oh, Dallas. Over Texas. Fort, yeah, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It was huge I'm getting my education. when something happened in one of the Von <laughs> One
2: of the coolest things I got to do in my broadcasting career, it was about 1991, um, I was the ring announcer for the Global Wrestling Federation, which oh, after after WCCW kind of disappeared, uh, it had a couple of reiterations. This one was a, a lawyer in Dallas bought it, named it the Global Wrestling Federation. It still had a bunch of the superstars, a couple of the Freebirds. That's cool. Were still there, gentlemen Chris Adams, Iceman King Parsons, and I was the ring announcer for about two months, and then every every Saturday, and then uh, the uh, Promoter uh, fired me so he could make his girlfriend bring it out. Oh, but for that two months, it was pretty awesome, especially for someone who, who grew vie, up man. watching the Von Ericks and, and and watching wrestling at the sportatorium. Do we have tapes of that? be anywhere? in the ring. I wish I did, but I did hey, not.
4: Let me tell you something. Show off. In my broadcasting career, I was in California. I actually got a tattoo from The Undertaker. Oh, no. no.
1: Oh. Wow. Have... What? Why? Why?
4: Because. We WWE was coming to the Bay Area and we were doing a. So he he actually he, did it.
3: He actually did the uh-huh. artwork. That's uh-huh.
4: cool. It was really simple, but yeah. What was the tattoo it. of a half if moon? If you could tell us, oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, gotcha. I think it would have been funnier if you gave the Undertaker.
4: <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I think that would have been a better
1: promotion. No, we did it live
4: on air, and it was like my first tattoo. I was like in my 20s. I was like, huh. But yeah, it's when he was first starting out. With the WWE, I think, I don't even know, I think it was something, but it was, it was right before WWE became mm-hmm. WWE. So he wasn't
1: even a star yet. He was on star his your way.
4: He, it, yeah. Steph. Who knew that he had, you know, so tattoo. paid off. Tattoo, yeah. I got it for free.
1: Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> I think you should have led with that. Have. Yeah.
4: <laughs> It's an okay, it's still there.
1: <laughs> well, great, <laughs> that's interesting. I, I don't, I don't have a claim to fame like that in my. That's the only one I have. Broadcasting career. Well, I did almost. More. I did almost hit the governor of Texas with my car once. Oh god, well, it would have been, been an accident. Vote. It would have been an accident. Barney five. <laughs> <It would've laughs> right? <okay. laughs> would have been an accident. The current governor or the current, okay. the sitting governor. Yes, he's been governor for a while. So. Yep. 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 Assumed. So. Um, oh wow, cam. <laughs> as with any great Texas it was, event, it was at a high school football game. And it was purely oh, okay. political,
3: right? Yes, I was
1: purely I was like uh I was like the guy who shot Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember his name. What is your but claim? I was literally to just backing up none. and I just almost <laughs> I mean, I don't I, I don't mean this to sound bad, but like I could see his secret service people, his his coming his after guards, you but I could see them on like, the corners of my back windshield. But it was kind of a big car and it didn't have a backup camera, so I couldn't see Greg Abbott. And so, oh my gosh. I, did they let
2: you know very quickly that? Y-
1: yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that close, but he was pretty, like, he was only a couple feet behind the car, and I was trying to get out of there quickly. I, I was one of those things where I was there for a pregame show and I had to jet off to like four other games. And so, he had flipped the coin at a, a Permian Midland League game. And so, I'm backing up and. Thankfully, I did see one of his handlers out of the side and just immediately hit the brake, and I'm waiting for watching them in the side mirror go by, and I'm like, oh, that, there he is. There's the guy. I have interviewed him before, too, but that one was more memorable. Was I guess. Almost hitting him. I guess. I don't know if he would have remembered me, but.
4: Anyway. I guess. Oh, okay.
3: Other games in Big Twelve last night. Texas <laughs> takes down Texas Tech seventy four to forty seven. Just dismantled them. Houston and Kansas State. Kansas State gets the win seventy-two to thirty-eight. Cincinnati and West Virginia. West Virginia number twenty-four gets the win sixty-eight to fifty-three. Oklahoma State and UCF 68-61. The uh, Cowgirls get the win. And Kansas loses to Iowa State 69 to 61. And Oklahoma over BYU 75 to 63, a full slate in the Big 12 last night. But the the most interesting game for us is Baylor with that big surge in the second half, being able to get the win over TCU and keep the streak alive. And also the Foster Pavilion
1: is 2-0. and Yeah. That's good. Can't be beaten there. Yeah. And and it and it was brought to life last night. If you're watching the game, it was really they were needed to come alive in the second half and they had a good crowd there. And that was a that was a big reason for it. Big reason for it. And so now.
3: After two games at the Foster. Do you believe that? They'll never lose again,
1: yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do, as a matter of fact. He's a believer for sure. The (laughs) the intention
3: of the Foster was to give the Bears, both men and women, a distinct home court advantage.
1: Have we seen that in the first two games? Yes. Yes. Yes, and I would say that maybe it won't give them that long term because it's on the fans. It's now a no-excuse zone. Right. Okay. In the feral, you could say, "Oh, well, it's not a great arena, and blah blah blah." And who wants to go there? No longer an excuse for Baylor fans. Yeah. No longer an excuse. You have this perfect environment for it. It's up to them, up to us collectively, to make that the home court advantage. And it certainly has been the last two days. Well, I mean, you can you <laughs> can you can say
3: that it's on the teams, but sure. it is. You're right. It's on the fans to show up, yeah. be there, yeah. be loud.
1: Yeah, and, and that's even just kind of meta in general, more so with college sports than pro sports. I I hate when fans are like, well, they don't give us anything to come out for. When we're talking about a 3-9 and nine Baylor football team, sure, I get that. Who wants to go out there when it's raining and it's cold and they're going to lose by 30 points? I get that. But if you're even kind of good, this is your alma mater. College sports, you know you can make an environment much more than a lot of the pro sports Mm -hmm. can. So, yeah, it is up to the fans. And I kind of touched on it when we were at the the Tower the other day. It's up to Baylor and Baylor fans to make this a culture around basketball.
3: Exactly. Because
1: we've seen that around the Big 12. I mean, look, Tech did it. I mean, Mm -hmm. albeit in a a shorter span, but for a few years there— Tech had one of the best environments in all of college basketball. Oklahoma State had it for years. I'm sure you remember that. Yep. I mean, up until whatever, 15 years ago, and started to go a little bit downhill. But the Eddie Sutton days, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and everyone would still think of that as a as a football school. But that was a, a basketball palace and, and one of the toughest places in the country to play. So, it you know, of course, some success goes with it. But it is up to the fans to say, we're going to make this a basketball place. And, and the fans, the and the fans
4: need to stay committed to going and supporting. Yes. Win or lose. Yes. Win or lose. You need to be there. Support your team, you know. Uh, if they're on a losing streak, still go out there and support them. That is my thing.
3: What I'm interested in seeing is, okay, game one for the men, game one for the women. You know you're going to get the crowd right. because right. you're getting that first taste of the foster. What's game two and game two? for each one of those programs look mm-hmm. like. It's the women. I'm, we'll see. I, 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 exactly. I'm very interesting to see, okay, are they going to fill it to the rafters
1: again? Because they should. Mm-hmm. No reason not to. No reason. No re- and the men have a, a, a ranked opponent next week as their second one with BYU. And we know, obviously, BYU's got a big fan base. We'll, that'll be interesting to see how many are, are in there for an opposing team in game number two. But I, I am interested, especially with the women, because they have an an awesome team this year. I mean, a legitimate Final Four caliber team this year. And the interest in women's basketball is very good at Baylor, but obviously it's not enough to pack an arena every night. Just like comparative to the rest of the country, it's a pretty good interest. But if if we're going to see a top five team in there in this beautiful palatial arena and it's going to be 60% full... That's not good enough for me. No,
3: it's not. It, it needs and to be full every it's easier to
1: get tickets, too, well, like we this, were talking about yesterday.
3: This was the whole intent, too, to build with less capacity to give you the opportunity to create that environment. Right. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can do that. I, I hope they can. I hope they can, too. I really, really do. Me, three. All right. This is the <laughs> Press Bronx Bronte by Scott's Lee's Trailer and Pickup Outfitter. Staff will be back with us in a little bit. Coming up next... Stephen Simcox, Locked On horn Frogs, he'll join us next.
6: Baylor Bear Basketball all season long here on ESPN Central Texas.
7: The Bears play their Big 12 opener Saturday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. 1.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 2 p.m. Tip-off Saturday.
6: Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears John Morris for Baylor Bear Basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Kyle Tomlinson,
3: General Manager of Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota is ranked number one for the most reliable vehicles, with data compiled from more than 300,000 vehicles built between 2000 and 2022. If you're in search of a new vehicle, Jeff Hunter Toyota offers a full selection
8: of new Toyota models, along with a vast inventory of pre-owned vehicles. Stop by and see me or any of our team members for a great car at a fair price. Jeff Hunter
3: Toyota, Toyota quality. Waco values.
2: So I have been in the operating room most of my career, watching people have orthopedic surgery, watching people get knees replaced, hips replaced, shoulders fixed, and I knew there had to be a better way. That's Dr. Daniel
7: Zuckerman, a medical director for QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in non invasive regenerative
2: treatments for pain relief. I see so many people who could have been helped before they got to the operating room if only they had known about regenerative medicine. QC Kinetics, a
7: natural alternative that uses your body. Body's own healing properties to help restore and repair damaged joint tissue providing long lasting relief without drugs surgery or downtime well it feels
2: great when i do get to see somebody who we help who i know i kept out of the operating room it's amazing how we change people's lives without surgery call qc kinetics
7: for your free consultation
0: call qc kinetics 254-415-4100 that's 254-415-4100 254-415-4100 My house has a new
4: La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at lafiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy night
3: oh you can just let that ride
7: <laughs> <laughs>
3: welcome back to the press box presented by Scott's Lee's trailers and pickup outfitters here on this thirsty thursday and joining us now the one and only steven simcox from locked on horn frog steven how we doing
8: I'm good, Ward. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate
3: it. I appreciate you jumping on. And first and foremost, I want to wish you a Happy New Year to you and your family. And last night, you had the opportunity to go to the Foster Pavilion and watch the Horn Frogs take on the Baylor women last night. Came up short 71-50, to had a lead in that game. But your first impressions when you walked into the Foster Pavilion.
8: I was really impressed. I mean, I didn't pay a ton of attention. I knew it was. I knew construction was happening, but I didn't really glance or look at a lot of the renderings, except for some of the pictures I saw of the court itself. I watched uh, some of the men's game against Cornell on Tuesday, but yeah, I mean, when you walk in, you kind of immediately see that lower level that's uh, got the glass there, and there's a bunch of tables, um, the escalators and the stairs going up. It, it looks great, like it's. The steps are kind of steep, but, you know, you don't feel like you're very far from the action no matter where you are. I was up in the second deck, and I I could see fine. Everything was um, really visible. And, I mean, it looks fantastic. Like, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere there. You know, when Baylor started to go on a run in that game, you could tell the crowd got into it. It got really loud, and I think it messed with TCU a little bit. Like, I think it rattled them a little bit. That was their first kind of true road game of the season and that's a tough environment to walk into when the crowd's really engaged. And so they got after it. I mean, the student section was good. And when Nikki Collins started asking the crowd to respond, they did in a big way and it, it, you could hear it in there, you could feel it. So I feel like when they play some big games, both for the men's and women's teams, that's going to make a big difference, but I they did an outstanding job with the arena. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy, like growing up around here and, Going to games at Floyd Casey in the Farrell Center. That now <laughs> there's a new football stadium and a new basketball <laughs> stadium, um, just right across the highway from one another. And I, I feel like the the vision that was cast there was really good. And having less seating and kind of a more intimate atmosphere is going to be good for uh, for both programs moving forward.
3: And not taking a dig, Stephen, but the last time that the TCU women beat the Baylor women was 1991. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Steven how old were you in 91
8: I was negative one years old <laughs> oh boy we were, we
2: were wondering we thought, we thought that was about right I was yeah
8: I was born in 92 that's a pretty it's a pretty good stat and I, I think that's one of the aspects of this rivalry that's not talked about a lot but I saw Baylor put that out on social media last night and I mean, there was a gap, a little bit of a gap between the Southwest Conference ending and the Big Twelve beginning. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is they haven't, like they haven't beaten Baylor since they joined the Big Twelve. And obviously, you know, I don't know the history of what those matchups were like in the SWC days, but towards the end, it sounds like Baylor had the advantage. And for the most part, the games haven't been close. I mean, it was it was competitive last night into early in the third quarter, and then Baylor went on a run and never really looked back, but. Yeah, they've dominated that series. And, I mean, it's not – I guess in some ways it's not surprising because TCU is just now kind of committing again to women's basketball. They they went and hired Mark Campbell. It's his first season. He came over from Sacramento State previously he was at Oregon. But he's got good pedigree, good background. And he's went and got some talent there that I think is going to be good for the future. But, I mean, Baylor is the standard in the Big 12 when it comes to basketball, really on both sides. I mean, I guess Kansas – would have an argument on the men's side, but for women's basketball, it's, it's the lady bears. And so it's, it's not shocking, but it is kind of surprising that they haven't caught them on a bad night once or twice, you know, and (laughs) found a way to pull off an upset. Um, It just hasn't happened. I felt there there wasn't really, I kind of went into that game, not expecting a lot. And then when they let it halftime, I was like, all right, that's, that's nice. Like, we'll see what happens here in the first five minutes of this third quarter. I actually had a nice start to the third quarter, but then things unraveled. But you kept you kept kind of waiting for that run to come, and then it was just about how is TCU going to respond? And unfortunately for the frogs, they didn't respond particularly well last night.
1: I think what's crazy, Stephen, is the TCU men have beaten Kansas probably what two or three times, and the in the time span that the women have not beaten Baylor, which is a, a little crazier in my mind, and I'm sure you would agree, but. Uh, obviously the the men are um, in a much better place now than they were when they entered the conference, but still, uh, and looking back at kind of the first 14 games of the season for the Horned Frogs, and obviously Mark Campbell brings in a, a whole new starting five. So it was one that every TCU fan had to get used to. Did this feel like the turning of a corner for this basketball program going into the game last night, or does it feel more like Boy, we're we're just getting started. You know, this might be a bumpy road to end this year, but but this program's going in the right direction.
8: Okay, I'm gonna answer your question, but can I quickly tell you a funny story about the TCU men beat in
1: Kansas? I would love you to, so, Steven.
8: Okay, okay. So back in twenty twelve, it was my first year at TCU, and this was like it's hard to describe how bad the basketball team was that year. They were a <laughs>
5: yeah,
8: they were a middle-of-the-road Mountain West team, like middle-of-the-pack Mountain West team that was immediately jumped up to Big 12 conference play. And so, you know, things weren't going well. And uh, Kansas was coming to town, and ben, ben McLemore was their star player at the time. It wasn't like an amazing Kansas team, but it's still the Kansas Jayhawks. I don't know what the Vegas line was. Probably top ten. Was, yeah, probably. Yeah. Top, they were top 10 team. And it was the Vegas line was don't bet on the frogs. Right. Like that was that was the line. And so I'm, I'm walking in the cafeteria that day of the game and I see an assistant coach um, come in, the, you know, the other direction. And I, I just looked up and I said, hey, coach, good luck tonight. And he stops and he turned around and he said, yeah, we're going to need it. And then we both <laughs> we both laughed together after oh, made that joke. Um, which is which is always a good sign. And then they went and they won that basketball game. They beat Kansas <laughs> that night.
5: And,
8: and what was one of the biggest upsets in, uh, in college basketball history? I mean, yeah, it is funny. They've had some success. They even won an Allen Fieldhouse last year yeah, kind of inexplicably. Yeah. Um, but that hasn't happened on the other side. As far as the, the women get going, I mean, I feel like they're definitely getting better, the improvements there. I don't know if yesterday was a turning point. I feel like it was more of a – okay, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, and they're just not that deep. I think that was the biggest thing that stood to me. You know, they, they play about seven players. And honestly, like Baylor in the second quarter and early in the fourth quarter yesterday too, were running out essentially their bench unit, right? Like it was Jada Walker and then uh, you know, four of the girls that are sitting on the bench to start the game. But they were still hanging with TCU. TCU doesn't have that luxury yet. And – um, nobody's defended them like Baylor had last night. Like uh, I thought, Sarah Andrews came out and did a really nice job of Madison Connor early. She was kind of face guarding her, denying the ball, not allowing her to um, get good shots up. And so that was frustrating. And then um, you know Sedona Prince is six seven, and that felt like kind of the matchup that maybe they could exploit. And in the third quarter, they they really tried to run their offense through her and get her some looks in the post, but. Um, I thought Dre Blackwell did a really good job and I mean really whoever it was that matched up against her they were just physical with her and they brought double teams at the right time and so um, yeah I mean offensively they just really couldn't get anything going and they kind of stayed in the game with his own defense before things started to unravel and be like a hot from three but I mean I, I think Mark Campbell's the right guy for this job I feel like he's building something that is going to be sustainable um, and so last night i, I feel like if you're going to spin it positively, you know, you hung around for two and a half quarters against the top 10 team in the country. And so that's a, uh, that's a good thing. But, you know, I, I don't know how much they're looking at moral victories today. I think probably the takeaway is, Hey, we didn't do a great job responding on the road and we're going to have to fix that. If we're going to be successful moving forward in big 12 play and hopefully make some of these goals, like making the tournament and et cetera, um, you're going to have to, to step up and play better down the stretch here as as it ramps up throughout the rest of the season
3: when you look at what they've been able to accomplish in non-conference play and then last night was certainly disappointing for the TCU women but you just mentioned it they're going in the right direction and they're going to be able to make some noise in this conference if they can just sustain maybe finding a way to get a little more depth on the bench right
8: I think so and I mean you, you got to win the games like they beat BYU in their opener which was I and mean, that's not going to make national headlines but that's the type of games they are going to have to win mm-hmm. moving forward they have a home game against Oklahoma State this Saturday um, and maybe you, you find a way to pull off an upset but I mean, Texas is really good Baylor's really good um, Kansas State with Jeff Mitty is looks like they're a solid club as well I know Oklahoma's off to a great start so it's I mean, similar to men's basketball, it's a gauntlet. There's going to be six or seven teams that are tough to beat. And then there's a group in the middle and kind of towards the bottom of the conference. And you just have to pad as many wins as you can. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing what they have to do so far. And um, I don't think, like, I don't think last night was a step back in delay. It was just kind of a, all right, let's reset and learn from this and move forward. Um, But he's, the talent level is definitely much better. And I mean, they've, They've already matched their Big 12 win total from last year, so the only way to go is up, and it certainly feels like That it's trending that direction for them.
1: Steven, I want to go back to a point you had talked about earlier. Going back to facilities for just a, just one question here, but mm-hmm. for those of us like you and me, we're the we're the little guys. You know, we're not. We'll, we'll include Ward in that too. We're not the Longhorns. <laughs> we're not the Aggies. We're not the Sooners. Okay, and you you mentioned having McLean and Foster Pavilion here at Baylor. You've obviously Got Eamon Carter and Skalmeyer up there at TCU. Smaller than those big schools in terms of facilities, but great for their size, intimate, got character, all this great stuff. And so just how awesome is that for the rise of those two programs to to be able to have these great settings now and and, and to have championship-caliber teams at these schools uh, versus I know you were growing up here in the area Always purple clad, but here in the area, uh, how cool is that to see? These two teams are able to not only do it on the field, but also have the have it feel like they're high profile. Like you said, when you walk into the Foster Pavilion,
8: no, it's great. I mean, I think for for Baylor specifically, it's awesome that all this stuff is on campus now. You know, so much of it was kind of spread out in different directions, and it's it's centrally located downtown. Has kind of become like the hub for everything too which is cool um for both schools it's great that you know for whatever reason people decided to come to baylor tcu i know a lot of it is uh, smaller class sizes like the the values of just kind of knowing the people that you're going to school with knowing your professors and having big time athletics partnered with that is going to be a huge draw to growing and expanding and continuing to um attract people to the school itself and I, I do wonder, Cam, like moving forward, I, I think for for schools like the little guys, if you want to put it in quotes like that, um, the challenge is now gonna be like for years you've been kind of going to donors saying, Okay, we need we need money for facilities, facilities. Mm-hmm. Like well, that's that's kind of an arms race that everybody's competing in. We need a practice facility, we need a great stadium to play in with an outstanding atmosphere. And so now you couple that with, oh, also We got, you know, a running back on the transfer portal that we want, so we need some money for that too. Or we got to go get this defensive tackle from China Spring High School, so we need you to pony up some cash there as well. Like figuring out the donor fatigue and kind of the balance of, okay, who do we ask for what? Like how do we we walk in lockstep with having all these great things that are uh, still crucial to college athletics, like having these – Places that we can, when we have recruits on campus, we can tour these facilities and be like, hey, this is where you're going to play. You can be close to home. You can play at an amazing in an amazing atmosphere. Um, and then also competing with, you know, the big guns when it comes to what's essentially pay for play. I think that's, that's a huge challenge now for a lot of smaller schools, small private schools across the country. And I feel like everybody's still trying to, to figure that out. I think in both cases with Baylor and TCU, you've seen, some learning experiences happen or some just like um, honest moments where like, Oh, maybe we're a little behind in this area. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the big challenge moving forward. But as far as like keeping up with the Joneses when it comes to arenas and practice facilities and everything like that, it, it is pretty amazing that both schools have been able to do it at a high level and, you know, maintain big time college athletics with all the, ways that it's shifted and changed in the past decade or so
3: steven simcox locked on horn frogs and host of the friday night light scoreboard show and uh also does a lot of things for us here at espn central texas and fox sports central texas tcu men they get started in conference play against number two kansas coming up on saturday they get to go to allen fieldhouse got a hot start for the frogs but how do they keep that going against kansas
8: Well, uh, I mean, based on who they played in non-conference, I'm not sure they can't keep going. (laughs) We'll we'll see how it goes when they get out there. I mean, this is a pretty typical Jamie Dixon team and how they're constructed. Uh, And it's a lot of pretty athletic guys that can get out in transition and make plays, are going to be asked to defend really intensely. The issue for them has just been making things happen in the half court. And uh, they really miss Mike Miles, who moved on after last season and is pursuing a career in the NBA now. They went and got Jameer Nelson Jr. from Delaware and a few other transfers, but Jameer was supposed to be kind of the um, the guy that made this engine go, and it's it's been inconsistent for him so far. Um, so we'll see if he can get into more of a rhythm. I think the key for TCU, as it was last year too, even though it's kind of a different team, is how well, how well excuse me, are they shooting the ball? Can they spread the floor shooting threes? Um, Micah Peavy is a guy that's improved a lot for them. He's gone from just kind of a plus on-ball defender to an actual scorer who can um, get to the rim, finish well, uh, cut and make plays, but you know he's not really a, a skilled spot-up shooter. And so they've been missing that aspect of it. That's going to be the huge key for Big 12 play. And, you know, Miles was the guy last season and really the last few years where if things broke down and the shot clock started running down, okay, just get him the ball, let him go get a bucket. Um, and that player hasn't emerged yet. It was Jacoby Coles kind of stepped up early in the year and played that role, but he's gone quiet. I mentioned Nelson, and he was sort of supposed to be that dude. It hasn't really come to fruition. So that's what I got my eye on. If, if someone can emerge as a go-to scorer and if they can get some better spacing and better shooting, I think this team's going to be a force in Big 12 play. But we're going to find out really quick. I mean, they get Kansas um, – oklahoma and houston back to back to back to start big 12 play so there's no easy games in in the big 12 but that's certainly uh, a, a group of measuring stick games if you want to call it that you're going to find out uh in a hurry how good you are
1: oh steven you just took my next question right out of my mouth there because we buried the lead a little bit with at kansas sure, but then Number 11 Oklahoma, number three Houston, a couple of Final Four contenders in there. So you, you didn't you didn't answer it all the way. So I'm going to ask it anyway. But how much do you take from these first three games? Okay, you know it's a new team that's still getting used to each other a little bit. We know there's obviously an adjustment period at the beginning of the season, and also an adjustment period at the beginning of the conference season too. So for for you and the TCU fans out there, even if it's 0 and 3, how much weight do you put to that start with when it's those three opponents?
8: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think you don't want to hit the panic button at 0-3, but I just feel like you got to find a way to steal a game. And it's going to be tough. I mean, Allen Fieldhouse is, is always a monster. Now, they did find a way to win that game last year. But as you said, it's a, it's a different group. Um, and then Oklahoma and Houston, you get those games at home, though. And so I think if you can find a way to go 1-2, if you split those home games, that's you know really encouraging moving forward. Um, if you lose all three – it's hard to say, like let's rip it up and start all over again, but it, it's just it's hard to come out of that hole when you when you start a, a season with three conference losses, even in a league like the Big 12, where you're probably going to get a lot of grace if you can hang around 500. At the end of the day, you should be a tournament team. Um, so they need to find a way to steal one of these. And I mean, I, I don't know. Houston is a team like they're great. I, I do think their style of play might lend itself to some success for TCU because they're also a team that kind of likes to play defense, you know, they'll get out in transition and run. Um, and so maybe if, if CCU can sort of force the issue and get it into their style of play, they could be successful. But yeah, it's going to be a tall task. I mean, um, you need to find a way to win one of those ball games, And I think if you do, then you're feeling pretty good about the rest of the schedule and kind of being able to stack up wins moving forward. But it, it's a gauntlet for sure. And you know Jamie Dixon, the staff, or I'm—I know they're not—they're not thrilled about it, but you're going to have to play the teams eventually. So I guess if it's back to back to back, then that's just the way it is.
3: Stephen Simcox with us here on the press box on ESPN Central Texas, and let's turn to football for just a moment, Stephen. And Sonny Dykes with a uh, good class, 34 athletes, 18 to 21 high school signees from the state of Texas. They're ranked second in the Big 12, and then the transfer portal was also good and. They'll have 12 of 13 transfers will enroll in the spring semester for TCU. After a disappointing season coming off that national championship appearance, and there's no other way to describe it but disappointing for the TCU Horned Frogs, how encouraging is it going into spring football with the guys that they've got and the potential that they have going into spring football?
8: On paper, they did a really good job of addressing like the biggest issues on the team. I mean, they're trying to revamp this offensive line. Wayne got Bless Harris, who made some starts for Florida State the past few years. He dealt with some injuries, but he's been good when healthy. Uh, Cade Bruno from Louisiana Tech, Cade Bennett, uh, Cade or Carson Bruno from Louisiana Tech, excuse me. Cade Bennett from San Diego State picked up Remington Strickland, who's been a reserve lineman at Texas A&M. So trying to build some more depth and physicality in that O-line room and put together you know a group of five guys that can protect. Josh Hoover, uh, and also went and got Braylon James from Notre Dame, who was a former top 100 recruit, didn't see the field in South Bend his first year. So they're taking a flyer on him to see if maybe he can develop once he gets a little closer to homies from Stony Point originally and played there at Round Rock Stony Point High School. So, you know, the thing about the portal is, though, it looks great on paper. I feel like a couple seasons ago they hit on, like, all their portal additions. You know, Jared Wiley was – fantastic for them they got guys on defense like mark perry and johnny hodges who turned out to be really good players uh, it, it's just sort of always rolled the dice like are they going to fit well with your system i think especially at offensive line play when you're talking about guys making the jump from the g5 level to the power five what does that look like are they going to be able to handle you know bigger more physical defensive tackles and defensive ends with this adjustment that's the question that remains to be answered but um, you can only like you can only really go get the guys that make sense for your program and I think they did that and so now the staff is going to have to put it together and all of this is ultimately kind of trying to rebuild and clean up the mess that was left from the last few years of the gary Patterson era where they really struggled on the recruiting front and had a lot of attrition after he left and so they're trying to quickly replenish some of those uh, position groups especially on the O line and d line and I think they've done as, as good as you can ask for as far as, you know, checking all the boxes that were big question marks going into the off season. Now you just have to get production from those guys that you're bringing in.
3: Steven Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs, with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Steven, I appreciate you stopping down during lunch and taking some time with us. I always appreciate it. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you soon, man.
8: Okay, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one.
3: There you go. Steven Simcox, said. Look, they did a good job in the transfer portal, I think. Yeah. And now look, you you don't know. It's just like the high school guys coming right. on campus. Right. You don't know until they get into the program and get into the season and see if they mess with what's on campus right now. I mean it's that's what it's all about. But if you just look on paper like he said, I mean you've you've got some you've got some guys that you think can fill the holes that you need. One of those was at tight end. He mentioned Jared Wiley from the Temple Wildcats, yep, did a great job coming from Texas, was an outstanding tight end for them, made some big plays past couple of years. Well, they replaced him with Drake Dabney, former Baylor tight end, and now he's at TCU, and he has an opportunity to fill those shoes for Jared Wiley. The offensive line, they've got a couple of those guys coming in, and that's a that was a big problem for them last year. So hopefully you can hit on the transfer portal. That's the danger of the transfer portal and the NIL. If you're going to be a big player in the transfer portal, you've got to be a big player that knows how to hit in the transfer portal.
1: Yeah, and and the portal, in terms of looking at it from the fan standpoint and, you know, the class that comes in, you like to think you know it a little bit better than when it's high school, right? Because you're like, well, you know, these kids did play in college, but so many of them become guys who, like he said, a, a top 100 recruit at Notre Dame, just didn't see the field the first year, but he was a top 100 recruit. And so that's why I value when they bring in a guy like Drake Dabney, who we see production from for three years, like legit, I think I think he's going to be an NFL tight end, like legitimate production from, to bring in a guy like that is is a huge step forward. But yeah, like Baylor, TCU needs to look offensive line first and foremost. That That really sunk them in some games this year and, all those counted. When you're five and seven, they all they all count a little bit more.
3: Absolutely. This is the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up next, she's back.
1: Go Cowboys! This, this is, is, Dallas
3: is Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys football, 2023. 2023. Second and five at the Detroit
7: eight. Only heard here. here. Snap to Prescott, standing and looking and throwing right. All in. season. Brandon Touchdown, Cowboys. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Live from FedEx Field. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station.
2: Cowboys and Commanders, Sunday afternoon at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas.
7: Okay, everyone, check this out from D. Amore Fine Jewelers in Waco. D. Amore Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at Di Amore Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by DeAmori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. DeAmori Fine Jewelers at deamorifinejewelers.com.
4: La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili queso around Central Texas. La Fiesta, a delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. You can order any of the delish Tex-Mex food online at LaFiesta.com or stop on by at 3815 Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient. From the La Fiesta family to yours, have a happy new year.
9: go through another year with that awful joint pain call qc kinetics right now make 2024 the year you go back to living normal life again matt mosley esp in central texas qc kinetics can give you your life back the nation's leader in regenerative medicine these are all natural treatments that can repair and restore that damaged tissue giving you pain-free movement again if you have pain from an old injury or pain associated with arthritis you need to check this out The future of medicine is here. Regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. Make the call now so you can get the most out of 2024. Get back to doing what you love. And don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds. Call QC Kinetics for free consultation. 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100.
8: Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to
5: find my website, Facebook, and more.
2: Spanning the globe to bring you the
6: constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition.
3: It's time for Stephanie Sports Talk, sponsored by Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, Lafayette's Restaurant and Cantina, King Ranch Turfgrass, Mosby's Land Management, Myatt Fuels. And now, here's
4: Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Here I am. Mm. Here I am to save the day. <laughs> All
3: right, Mighty Mouse.
4: I love Mighty Mouse. Did you ever watch Mighty Mouse?
1: Nope. He has no idea who Mighty Mouse is. Probably doesn't. He's not the public domain one yet, right? (laughs) That's just Mickey Mouse.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yesterday we talked about walk racing.
1: Yes, we did.
4: And you guys are right. It did not get cold enough for me to go get some ice so we could go down this little teeny tiny hill beyond the studio.
3: No, it did
1: not.
4: But I was awake. I was thinking about it. You were? Mm
1: -hmm. You could have looked it up ahead of time. You know that, right? That it wasn't going to be cold enough. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you didn't have to wake it's up. Texas,
4: yeah. Texas, change the weather changes every five seconds. That so. would require her uh, uh, uh. unlocking
2: yep. her phone and actually touching a button.
4: I what? trust.
1: Is I like, trust Steve Jobs meteorology from beyond the grave. I don't even know on my phone. Don't,
4: why. Why it works. I, why why <laughs> I don't know, but why? <laughs> so, um, anyways. I was listening to Cam, he said something yesterday, so kind of caught Someone my interest. You. You. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're the one curling. Right?
4: Okay. I don't understand the sport, but this is what I found out, okay? This sport,
1: It's an Olympic sport.
4: It is yes, it is. But it started in Scotland four hundred and seventy six years ago. Okay.
1: hmm
4: My Mima wasn't alive. I don't even know. Really?
1: TCU beat Baylor the week before. Yeah. It's basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it since, but.
4: Right? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, it did not come over to the U.S. until like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So, it is very popular, of course, in Canada, uh, Norway. I think that's somewhere above England. Russia and Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very popular in the northern states like north dakota michigan mm-hmm. minnesota wisconsin well i did not know this but there are 185 curling clubs around the united states
1: really? are, yeah you know what it's like it's like um it's, it's like popular. bowling leagues
4: uh-huh and here's the actually, thing actually
1: bowling's pretty popular there too but it's it's very similar to that kind of social event
4: right now the muscles that you use of course are your um your shoulders your knee, your ankle, uh, whatever that thing is on your leg. Li- your, your quads, right? Yeah when you, you bend down the pushes. <laughs> but here's the thing is what makes it so popular is that you don't have to really be in shape. You can have a bare belly. Sure. You're not running around you're not running miles and hitting the gym. I mean, now, I'm sure there are some.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing it in the Olympics.
4: Well, you would yeah. think so. Right, right. But I've yeah. seen some chunky ones
1: okay all right some chunky, watch it more than right? i do i've seen it's some close. chunky but <laughs> <laughs> you're saying there's a chance for me okay okay
4: but with all these clubs around the united states right now there's a total of like twenty three thousand five hundred curl- curlers they call them curlers men and women mm-hmm. and actually the men's team won a gold medal at the winter olympics in 2018 that's right now the Men and Women's Curling Nationals Championship will be coming to New Jersey this year on between January 29th and February 4th. And then from there, I think they start qualifying for uh, the Olympics. Okay, now, that leads me to today's conversation. You've got that, right? You know, you have to have a stone and brooms. Well, Cam is right. There is a thing called human curling.
1: No, there's not. Down the barbershop, the salon, you go down there.
4: Seriously. So if you go to the olympicchannel.com, they made a joke about it. And so I watched the video. You can also find it on YouTube, right? So the guy gets in the suit, (laughs) like a rubber suit that's slippery. And uh, no, seriously. And your teammate, like you lay on your back, like and put your leg out one leg bent and pushes you down the... Um, You know how, like, when you push the stone? Well, this, they push this guy or your person on your team down the ice, and then the other two players actually use the broom, thinking that it's going to move the guy, which it doesn't, okay? So that's one way you can play. Mm -hmm. Well, over in France, their human curling is this. They actually get on, like, a rubber tube with handles, like you would do, like, a water sport. Right. And you run, take off, land on it, and zoom down the ice. <laughs> it is the funnest thing. It's not dumb. And whoever hits the bullseye wins. So there is such thing as human curling and it's taking off. Now, will it be an Olympic sport? Doubtful. Doubtful. I, would I just think watched not. this
1: Japanese one. they style. Great, it's right? crazy. Okay, so it's this curl and she is wearing regular clothes. She's wearing a sweater, jeans, and vans. Just just let you know they're not even trying. Dumps a bunch of, <laughs> I would think water on her, but I honestly I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much, but it's because uh, you got to be sticky looking. And then she like goes down a water slide. It's just her. She goes down a water slide basically, and the target is like a bullseye. Ten yeah, it's like like regular curling is like ten or fifteen yards from the end. And that's the, it's just one person sweeps it up. Yeah. So it's, she's just going in regular street clothes down hard water slide that only has water at the end <laughs> and then gets curled into this.
4: Okay. But there are some other, that's funny, but there are it's some other bizarre. ways where it's, they were like experimenting, like how can we make this good? Because that girl is going down a slide. Imagine if you're just on a flat surface, like an ice rink. Like trying curled, this, Right. right? So you got a rubber suit on? You got a rubber—I don't even know—is is rubber slippery when it gets wet? I don't know.
1: I—I—I I, I would it's think so. Several different kinds of rubber, I'm sure. I you mean, could, so yeah. you've got
4: to have like silicone or something. But they were whatever showing like on they've tried or it, like I don't know, like taking Vaseline and putting it on the person's back so they'll slide better on the ice. I don't know if that works. They've tried spraying olive oil. <laughs> I mean, because okay. you want to yeah. like be able, and then they've tried it like just nothing. So you've got to have a slippery suit to push your opponent down, down the ice rink or whatever. But I think it's kind of fun. So here's my idea.
3: Oh, here we go. Okay.
4: When it gets cold outside, when <laughs> it gets to at- the freezing, freezing. Okay, and we have which freezing is freezing rain. I don't know if I don't know what the almanac says this year. But if it happens and it starts freezing out there, we're gonna try. It. We have a big open field, and we'll all just meet up here and try it. And we'll push Aaron on Which the ice. Which style? Which style? The one in the rubber suit. No,
3: okay. I'm not doing that.
4: You don't, you just stand there.
3: I'll do it on the inner
1: tube.
4: The inner tube could be fun.
1: I think it would be great radio.
4: I think so, I really too.
1: Do. I do, too. I, I mean, we could. Just, <laughs> the inner tube time. one sounds the most attainable.
4: I don't think I would want to get on my back and you push me on ice because.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't say, hey, we're going to go do this, but, oh, I'm not going to do no, this. No, I'll you. show up and cheer you on. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I could break a nail,
4: I could get my hair cut, I could bruise, I could, no.
1: This girl in the Japanese video didn't care. Just doused herself and went down the slide. I mean, you gotta take one for the team. All right, but look at
4: her and look at me. Come on, there is no comparison. What? Yeah, I'm a little older. Oh. (laughs) And blonder. No.
1: Okay. (laughs) No.
2: I guess not. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. That's a... No, they call that on the internet misinformation.
4: <laughs> Aaron, don't get on my bad list today.
1: To I'm just saying we could try
4: it. I'm not. We can try <laughs> it with the tubes. I'll do it with the tube. Let's try it with the tube. What are you saying, Cam? I totally missed that conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing. Nothing important. Okay. All right. So we just need human you. I just curling. need you on a tube. Steph. That's all. I would I like to. I would do it. I would also curling. like
3: to. Uh, to be honest, I would like to try to actually do curling. That would feel like a fun thing to try. I do too. I think it'd be fun.
4: You'd have, I mean, yeah. It takes.
3: If it's on the Olympics, and I just come across it on the channel, whatever you know. Usually, there's four or five channels Mm -hmm. during the Winter Olympics, and I happen to land on it. I'll sit there and watch it for a while. Well, they actually. I think it's
1: what real nerds think about chess. You know, like it is fascinating. Me a shuffleboard
3: more than anything else. Sure, sure.
1: On ice, and they actually
4: do have. They actually do have a curling channel in Canada. Really? Yeah, huh? that you can live stream. And place. you can actually watch all these competitions. How and it that? does take some skill. Now, to me, you know, there's controversy out there. People say it shouldn't be an Olympic sports. Others say it does. Think about it. That takes some skill. And, I mean, I couldn't do it. My shoulders would
1: be hurting. I yeah, enjoy it's watching not the it. best. Exi- it's not the best argument, but I would say there's worse sports in the Olympics, I think. Oh, I, I. Agree. Know? <laughs> it, it's it's not, not a great
5: ex-
3: excuse. It's I use not that for the whole thing or anything but, like that. But right. it's interesting to watch the strategy sure they go through.
1: And enough countries do it that I'm like, all right, I'm in. Whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, let's it's let's a thing. It.
4: They have what? Like, they have uh, two teams. They have two team members, four team members. So, I mean, it's a thing. And well,
1: they have they
3: have men's, women's, and uh,
4: Human. all kinds of stuff.
3: Well, and they and they have the um, what do you call it? Well, when men and women.
1: Co-ed. 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 Yeah.
5: <laughs> you know what i don't even know
1: this for sure but i'll bet it's in the paralympics too oh
4: i'm sure bet i bet it is i'm sure it is i bet it is i'll find is. out but i bet you it is because i love the special olympics and i follow all of it a lot I just that too that i mostly knows so. so um well that too but i will check <laughs> all the paralympics,
1: above but, yeah paralympics. so
4: human curling Yeah, it sure it's is on our bucket curling. list to try
1: on the bucket list
4: uh-huh walk racing you got a human big, curling you got a i big think
1: bucket. i think it would be great to mix the two <laughs> i have
4: a big bucket <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I work out. I think, we
2: I think I like that as a new slang term.
4: Oh, my God. This is a family show. <laughs> All right, Steph. Thanks All very right. much. okay. There
3: she goes. Keep the kids Steph's in Steph's horse talk right here a on the time. Press Box on ESPN <laughs> Central Texas. We're back right after this.
0: Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas.
9: To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies paid their way to be with the big boys in a power five conference i don't think we should read too much into these bowl games but if you're going to complain that you should
0: be in a new year's six bowl you better go handle a six and six acc team matt mosley weekdays from three to six on espn central texas
9: Run a winning play over knee, hip and shoulder pain. Corio Health All-Star Team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons Dr. Lance Ellis, Dr. Jacob Battle use the latest minimally invasive technology including orthopedic surgical robot to perform total knee replacement. Whether your pain is from an old sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, Corio Health Orthopedics can help. Make the play call today 254-483-knee. That's 254-483-k n e e.
0: Find sports news, streaming, and show podcasts at Syntechsportsfan.com. Morrison's Gifts would like to thank all of their friends, family, and extended family, their customers, for
9: another amazing year. They would also like to extend a special thanks to m M&M broadcasters, ESPN Central Texas, and Shooter FM for helping grow their business through the uncertainty of the pandemic and recent economic concerns. Morrison's Gifts would especially like to thank the community for shopping local. Morrison's is a proud Baylor alumni-owned business serving gift-giving needs of Central Texas. Go see our friends at Morrison's Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills close to Jason. Delhi.
3: Drive into the new year with confidence and excitement during the Start Something New Sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get incredible deals on our entire selection of new Ram trucks, Jeeps, SUVs, Chrysler sedans, or a sporty Dodge. Get more for less guaranteed. More value, more selection, more service, more trade-in allowance, and even more competitive financing. Hurry in and start 2024 with a bang. Shop the greatest selection of inventory in Central Texas at Allen Samuels in Waco. In-store or online at allensamuelsdcj.com and make it a un- forgettable.
0: Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. So, for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make
6: a house call.
0: From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuels Studios.
3: Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. NCAA and ESPN have announced that 40 NCAA championships, including women's basketball, volleyball, baseball, softball, will all be on ESPN networks for the next eight years. So ESPN has stepped up to the plate again. No surprise, right?
2: And they got a huge bump for the money for the women's tournament. Rightfully so. The ratings have been spectacular. Mm -hmm. And, And ESPN, to their credit, you know, increase the payout to kind of reflect the increased popularity of the the women's tournament.
1: I did think it was kind of funny that the announcement comes hours after we had a pretty darn good women's basketball matchup last night, right? Exclusively on ESPN Plus. Yes, <laughs> not on a not on one of the networks. But eh, what are you gonna do? No, I think it's uh, I think that's a that's good for them and better for the sports. You know, because you you wonder. I mean, year to year. Maybe not necessarily women's basketball anymore, but things like softball, even baseball, what what that can drop to if it's not on a brand like ESPN. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's never obviously going to be on a CBS or an NBC, so it, it's good to have that on the family networks.
2: And I think as long as it's on ESPN, the, they'll all continue to grow.
1: Right.
3: Right. Right. Possibly. Hopefully. But as we know, the the addition of live stream is rapidly taking over and people are cutting the cord to where ESPN is not immediately available in your household as much anymore.
2: Next year, they're supposed to roll out their standalone ESPN app.
3: And that'll make a difference.
2: It will. And, and you know, people will buy it.
3: I mean, there's no doubt
2: if they continue to, Keep all the sports properties that they have. I don't see how you can be a sports fan, and not have ESPN. And you know what? I would rather just pay for it a la carte than have it added on to cable bill. And well,
3: there's only sure. there's only yeah. I mean there's a lot of people out there that keep Dish, Directv, Spectrum, whatever your service provider is, only because that's the only place you can get ESPN right, right.
1: now. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not. I, I was a cord cutter. I am a cord cutter. Mm-hmm. I guess you are always a cord cutter until you put the cord back in. Um, I am a cord cutter. I have the ESPN app. It, it works perfectly for me. There is still something for me of, like, getting to see it on TV, if it be at, like, a bar or someone else's house, where you get the pregame show and everything. But I think the app has been fantastic. Um, I don't. It's fairly cheap, like 6 bucks a month, which is, right. like, half of what Netflix is. Um, and with the Big Twelve uh, now uh, cooperation with it, it's perfect. I don't, I can't miss. I cannot miss a Baylor game.
3: Well, and it, for me, I'm not doing it because I'm not watching it on a laptop. I'm not watching it on my phone. Not gonna do it.
1: Oh, get a fire stick or something, Ward. I, yeah, I, that's, I, that's what I, I got. I've got fire stick. thing. I have a fire okay, TV.
2: Perfect. That's the easiest
1: way to do it.
3: Yeah.
2: Just I, I've got to have it on TV. one of my TVs.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's oh, what we do. I, I hate like being sitting in the house oh, and watching it on a laptop.
2: And I only do I it when there's it. multiple games on because you can't channel surf, obviously, yes. in apps. Yes. So I'll have
1: that is a down.
2: Whatever the dump. main game is on my TV, usually on the ESPN, and then I'll watch you know something else like Red Zone on, on the app. Mm-hmm. Say, it's if I'm watching the Cowboys, or sometimes, depending on who the Cowboys are playing,
3: watch a
1: Red I'd zone. watch Red yeah. Zone
2: on the big TV and the Cowboys on my phone.
1: I get that. can't
3: do that. Can't do, can't do it. You just can't do it. You're just not going to do it. But I have several TVs going at the same okay. time, so that's a different story for me. You're but like a I'm, production not, truck. I'm not going to do it on a laptop and I'm not going to do it on my phone. I refuse. It just, I'm not not comfortable doing it. In
1: that. the house or at all? Ever. Ever? No. So if you're waiting for a flight and the Cowboys are on, you're just going to miss it?
3: I'm going to go to the bar and watch it.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. You're boarding in five minutes, Ward. Well, then it's I'm going to have. Fourth quarter.
3: Then I'm going to have my earbuds in and listen to Brad Sham on the Cowboys okay, Network. Okay,
1: all right. That, I'll accept that. Yeah. I'll accept that. See, <laughs> so you will find a way to follow no I matter what. I will follow, yes.
3: but I'm not watching it on You're my phone. I can't do it. I just can't. I don't know why. It's not my, it's it, not my
2: favorite thing, but no, I'm getting it used it bothers to it. Me. Yeah, it,
3: it's
1: like my fourth favorite way to watch it, to be yeah, honest. It but. just bothers me.
3: I'd rather listen to it on the radio. So I'll find a way to find it on the radio.
1: And I've done that before. Yeah, you can I, I, usually find radio pretty easy. You can find yeah. us at com. by right. the
3: way. I mean, there's a way to find the games that are being broadcast, you know, on your phone. Tune in radio. There's all kinds of apps out there that you can find it. So,
1: Oh, you can find plenty. If you're willing to, if you're on a work laptop or something and you're willing to put potentially put viruses in there, let me tell you, Ward, there's plenty of ways to find the game. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I had to do that for years uh, before I ponied up the money to buy NFL Sunday ticket while I was here in college watching the Patriots.
2: You know, I was talking about computer viruses with someone the other day, like with smartphones and, and the pads that don't get them hardly ever. Mm -hmm. Like they've become so less common. Like viruses were a huge thing with computers, but now they're really not because they've kind of beaten them with smartphones and tablets. Now, if you have a, a, Any kind of computer, laptop, desktop, and you click on the wrong email, you can definitely get a virus. But it is—it's super unproof. Yeah, it's and it's super unlikely on your phone, which is what most people use for the internet
1: now. Right, and I mean, if you buy one of these VPNs now, not to get too in the weeds with this, but you buy a VPN, man, you can watch any illegal stream you want. (laughs) I mean, it's you're you're look. Do I condone it? No, this is not a one hundred percent guarantee. But got a good VPN that you pay. You know, a couple bucks a month for and like if that's something that you're you're into you know you're out of market for your team it, it works it works the Do jailbreak the on
3: the fire stick i mean that was a big thing a couple of years yeah. ago yeah i hadn't heard much about it here lately but i mean a couple of years ago everybody was oh this is jailbreak ready we'll, we'll sell your fire stick jail oh, break yeah ready. you could just
2: like people just on facebook just be like oh yeah well i'll fix your fire stick can make it where you can get all those channels illegally. <laughs> like what? <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. They've kind of, you know,
3: I haven't seen that cut in a down while, on it I mean, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. I haven't seen it in a while. Well, I guess the
1: business isn't as lucrative. No, yeah. no, no. I don't know. I love my Firestick though. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good thing. I was, I was, I was resistant to change. It's like coming out of college. Mm-hmm. I did cable, and I, I just didn't, I didn't need it. If I got all my sports subscriptions it was like 30 bucks a month which you know if I sit there and think about it I don't necessarily want to be dishing that out every month for that but the alternative my Wi-Fi plus cable was 150 bucks a month right and so yeah I just bought one of those fire sticks changed my life for changed my life
3: yeah I I've got I've got a couple of those uh, I in fact I bought a fire TV for my dad for for his man cave and it works outstanding
1: and he, he's got it he can handle it yeah he can okay. handle it Okay. Yeah. My parents can't handle anything.
3: Like yeah. That. He he can handle it and it and it gets the live local channels too for him.
1: Okay, that's key.
3: Yeah. I get so to that, I get was, to scam up key. my girlfriend's
1: parents for that.
3: Oh, there you go. We
1: get there because they could just have direct T V, so you can use that account anywhere. Yeah, you can so, use that account anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So there is the occasional time where they're they're in Charlotte, so nowhere near New England, but they might have a Patriots game regionally at one o'clock. I could just go to there for it. Yeah, or you know wh- whatever it may be, I can I could find it on there. So yeah, pulling the curtain Let's back a little the, bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I didn't ha- I didn't have that for years, but uh, I think what you know what did it is the Red Sox played a playoff game on MLB Network. Ah, and I didn't I didn't have their login information yet, and when I tell you Ward, everything in the house was turned over. I was throwing a tantrum like you couldn't believe. Are you kidding? A playoff game? MLB Network? Who buys this crap? Who is still employing Bob Costas? All of this, and then I and that that opened the curtain uh, to my girlfriend texting me and say, "Well, I think if you use this, they might have MLB Network." Bang! They did. The rest is history. (laughs) Save that password. So I technically have cable and that. that. Yeah, so I've got it. I probably know it better than her.
3: (laughs) Honestly, this is the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up next, Q Myers, host of Game Night, will join us here in the press box.
6: Baylor Bear all season long here on ESPN Central Texas.
7: The Bears play their Big 12 opener Saturday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. 1.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 2 p.m. tip-off
6: Saturday. Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear Basketball, right here on ESPN Central Texas.
7: Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com.
0: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
5: and everyone, seek out QC Kinetics as an alternative to surgery. This
3: non-surgical approach is definitely the future.
1: I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics.
7: QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation.
0: Call QC Kinetics 254-415-4100 That's 254-415-4100 254-415-4100
3: Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way so it makes sense to have the best mcadams and sons roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset experienced professionals using only the best materials so for new construction re-roofs repairs or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think mcadams and sons roofing first and now mcadams and sons roofing are installing seamless gutters they're insured and an a plus rating on the bbb mcadams and sons roofing will come out take a look at your roof and handle all the insurance process for you don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof let a real professional you trust do the work for you put mcadams and sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over central texas check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your houses lid you're listening to
0: espn central texas live from the allen samuel studios
3: and welcome back to the press box here on ESPN Central Texas on this Thirsty Thursday. Of course, joining us now, the one and only Q Myers, host of Game Night on ESPN. Q, how are we doing?
10: Man, I'm doing fantastic, man. It's, it's Thirsty Thursday. It's 2024, but I do have a question, man. Oh. And and look, this is this is just me being me, man. Look, hey, McAdams and Sons Roofing, shout out to them. I know they've been a longtime sponsor there of the show. I'm so tired of you saying the most important part of the house is not the bar.
5: <laughs> not
10: disrespecting the bar, man. I know that the, like the roof's important, right? I mean, you, you want to have a roof. I get it. But, man, the bar is important, man. Come on. Show some respect to the bar. It's Thursday, Thursday. All Come right. On, man. I'll try to give it some love. <laughs>
3: Q Myers hosts a game night on ESPN with us here in the press box. And Q, let's start with that game on Saturday night and the Cowboys and the Lions. Now I get it. Everybody's upset because the Lions they feel like that they got screwed. The Lions kinda overthought it and put too many guys out there trying to be his sneaky snake and it didn't work out for them. I get that too. There's a lot of controversy going around it. But the end of the deal for me is once that call was made, doesn't Dan Campbell have to go for the extra point in the tie, even though he's on the road, and take it to overtime because they had a little bit of momentum going?
10: Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. They way overthunk it, right? I mean, it's not that that difficult, right? I mean, okay, I get it. You were trying to be cute. It didn't work out the way that you thought, so, all right, go back to the drawing board. Let's just go ahead and kick the extra point. Extra points are cool. It's okay. You can do it, right? I mean, and you still have an opportunity, like you mentioned, that momentum that they had. But, man, I'll tell you, taking it a step further back, first of all, the Lions shouldn't even have been in that position, right? right. I mean, if the officials, and that's Brad Allen's crew, and the problem is that I know that officiating's crew's name is the first problem, right? <laughs> I should never know the official's name. Like, that's a problem. But – The fact that they got the the, the problem, the the call against the Cowboys incorrect to begin with, it shouldn't even have been in that position. They literally called tripping on the Cowboys when it was tripping on the Lions. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you make that mistake? That was the first uh, egregious error that they had. And then, of course, you know, the whole whatever Dan Campbell was trying to do and be would and now they had to put out a video of, you know, well, this is how you report, and this is what you have to do to report. Like, that's what we have to do. How about the officials be accountable for actually getting it correct? And I know it's in the heat of the moment. I know that it's fast and mo- everything's moving quickly. It's tough to get everything right. There's going to be mistakes. But, man, there's been too many times this season as far as I'm concerned that we look back and say, man, that was such a terrible call. The officials are too much a part of the product now. That's where I think the problem is. Yeah,
1: and I know you probably get that every week, Q. You know, there, every week there's something that that goes wrong, whether it's consequential to the game or, or not. Um, and it does become a ref show sometimes. How do we hold these officials accountable the way, you know, we hold players accountable, coaches, uh, owners, general managers, they get fines and all this and, and we just see the crews kind of shuffle around. How does the NFL hold these referees more accountable?
10: Man, that's a million-dollar question. I've been asking that all week, you know, because, again, I know Brad Allen's name, and guess what? I know that he's on another game this upcoming week that's a big deal. You know, he's on Pittsburgh. His crew's on Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and that's not a big game for Baltimore, but it's a big game for Pittsburgh. I mean, it really is. And so it's like, okay, so where's the accountability, like you said? Because now all of a sudden – You know, this guy's on another game, and and apparently they're not going to let him be in the playoffs, which, okay, that's fine. So he's not going to get postseason action, and and so I guess that's some kind of a punishment. But there's got to be some kind of consequences, repercussions, because you're absolutely correct. When players mess up, they're either fine, they're benched, they're yada, 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 to the point where sometimes they get released right and now all of a sudden the officials it's like there's no accountability uh you know they they report to the pool reporters and they'll come out and they say well this is why we made this call and this is what we saw at that time and then we never hear anything about it again the only time we hear about it is when me and you were talking about it that's it right the officials just kind of well ho-hum it's no big deal let me get to uh you know hooters by three o'clock so i can get a cold beer and then i'll be ready for the game of this weekend like it's no there's no like consequences or repercussions, so. I wish I had an answer of how you can hold them accountable. I've been calling and asking everybody I know how you hold officials accountable, and nobody has an answer to it.
3: Your boy Q hosts a game night with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And Q, you know me in in instant replay, and I still feel like that this is a problem because officiating has gone down since instant replay, in my humble opinion, because of the fact that I don't think they work as hard. I think they go, well, if I miss this, they'll get it somewhere else
10: right i agree 100 percent with that and, and i know you've been you know very adamant about that for a long time and I, I think that you're right right i mean because they know that they can go to instant replay they don't call the place correctly i mean there's too many times that i sit on my couch and say that's not right before they ever even go to replay like mm-hmm. that's not correct that's a, that's that was not a fumble or that was a fumble that was obvious as day that wasn't a catch and you know the problem is they go to Replay and sometimes they still get it wrong, right? So I I just – I don't understand. Like there was a play uh, in the Cleveland game a couple weeks ago where it was clearly not an interception. The ball clearly was all on the ground. I saw that without a camera. I saw it sitting on my couch. They go under the hood and look at it because all turnovers are, are replay. And they didn't get it right. It's like, wait, hold on. How does that even possible? So it's, it's so, it's so wild, but I think that's where it started was that the fact that, okay, now you have instant replay. So there's the, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, the seriousness about getting it correct right away, maybe not there. And then you don't want the game to go super long. So you don't want to replay everything, but now it almost feels like you have to be able to replay everything. And so I, I don't, There's no rhyme or reason. There's no middle even. There's nothing that makes sense to say, okay, this is how you solve the problem. But the one thing I think we can all agree on is that there's a problem.
1: And we talked about already the Cowboys' first win of the weekend. They get a second one on Sunday with the Eagles being the Arizona Cardinals' newest victim in the (laughs) NFC East. And, Hugh, I've been defending the Eagles a little bit. Obviously, that's a team our listeners keep a keen eye on here uh, the last few weeks of saying, well, I still think they're really good. You know, they're just battling some injuries here. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. And now there's reports of a of a torn up locker room in there. So are the Eagles, who are now on the verge of losing the, the division, are they one less team that the Cowboys need to worry about in the NFC playoff picture here?
10: Yeah, you can stop defending them, man. They're in trouble, right? I <laughs> All mean, right. I, I appreciate that. I don't <laughs> like doing it. No, so thank you. Know, you. The funny thing is is I've been defending them for a while too. And you know, we all know about the Super Bowl hangover, but it looked like the Eagles were that team that was going to be able to duck and dodge. I mean, they started off 10 and 1. So you're like, all right, it doesn't look the same as last year, but if you're 10 and 1, who's going to complain? Well, now they've lost four out of the last five. And now you're hearing A.J. Brown and maybe Nick Sirianni aren't on the same page to the point where A.J. Brown has to come out and say, no, me and Nick are cool. All right, well, if you have to say that, there's probably a problem, right? I mean, that, that's probably the first issue. You could tell Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown aren't on the same page. The defense can't stop me, you, and Ward from scoring, right? I mean, it's like they've got old in front of our eyes. They look like... Uh, the Golden State Warriors uh, in, in basketball, where they got <laughs> old in front of my eyes. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. I mean, their defense, especially their secondary, they can't stop. I could run a route on them and probably catch a and catch a pass or something. You know, it's just it's not very good. The the defensive lines not getting to the quarterback like they did a year ago. There's some trouble in paradise. Now, with all that being said, they're eleven and five. But that loss to Arizona, they—you want to talk about play with your food? They blew their opportunities so much to the point where they opened the door, as you mentioned, another Christmas gift for the Cowboys. Hey, we don't really want to win the division. Why don't y'all go ahead and take it this year? That'll be what nineteen seasons in a row where the mm-hmm. same uh, division champ hasn't been there. So uh, yeah, hey, go ahead, you guys take it this year. We'll we'll get it next year. I feel like that that's kind of what happened and. I, I don't see any way that the Cowboys go to D.C. and lose. So I, I expect them to be the NFC East champs, which is great for them. They play at home in the playoffs. Guess what? They're good at home. They're really good at home. So, I mean, right up the Cowboys alley. But I think that the Eagles really blew it. They fumbled the bag, as the kids would like to say. And now they've got to try to figure out exactly how to put the pieces back together. And, look, winning is the best uh, deodorant. It cures all. It's, it, you know, you start winning games, uh, there's no problem. Nothing to see here but I just don't know that they can flip the switch like that, man. I just think that Super Bowl hangover is real, and it hit them at the wrong time, the end of the season, as opposed to the beginning of the season.
3: Your boy Q with us in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Cowboys named the Pro Bowl with Zach Martin, Parsons, Prescott, Lamb, Anger, Aubrey, and Bland, and a good list for the Cowboys in the Pro Bowl. At At what point is it time for the Cowboys to put up or shut up? Are we there yet?
10: Absolutely. I think that the Cowboys have been there for a while. I think it's put up or shut up time, right? I mean, look, they've got a championship defense they're probably going to lose their defensive coordinator after this season to a head coaching job, right? I mean, I feel like that he's either going to end up in L.A. with the Chargers. Uh, there's a couple other places he could end up, but I think that that's probably a, uh, you know, an opportunity for him to go and, and be a head coach again. So uh, they have this championship defense. They have a quarterback that's getting it done, playing at a high level, much better than he played a year ago. Uh, the only two things that bother me about the Cowboys right now, they're both on the ground. They don't run the ball very well, and they don't stop the run very well, right? And Which is wild since they have a, I don't know, their franchise tag running back there in Tony Pollard, who apparently was the end-all, be-all. That's clearly not right. I think Dalvin Cook is a guy they may want to look at and try to add, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, I think that they have the pieces to go ahead and, and, and make a run, especially if they're able to play at home. That that I mean, playing at Jerry's World, man, they're they're dominant there, so I just don't see – you know, I don't see a, a, a path where this shouldn't be a year that they go and get it done. But it's the Cowboys, and we've, we've had this song and dance plenty of times.
3: Well, and you mentioned it, too. They're one-dimensional, and they're not yep. going to win an NFC championship being one-dimensional. It's just not going to happen.
10: Right. Well, I mean, you know, you, you look at the, the, the 49ers and how good they are. Right. I mean, you think about it, you know, can the Cowboys beat the 49ers is the question right now, because I think that they could beat the Eagles, I'm not worried about them. I don't see any other team in the NFC that I'm concerned about outside of San Francisco. And, you know, maybe San Francisco could have an off day, but you're going to have to be like you said, you're going to have to be more balanced to be able to get it done. Uh, you know, special teams could end up being the X factor. And I'm sure that's right up your alley, Ward. But that, they could be the X factor in the game only because that field goal kicker there in Dallas, Unbelievable. boy, he's nails. He's unbelievable, and I, I hate it every time he goes to kick a field goal. Everyone's like, well, you know, he hasn't missed yet. And I was like, well, stop talking about it, dummy. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the old announcer's jinx. It happens all the time, but he's he's been able to avoid it. So I hope that he continues to do that, man. It's been a fun ride just watching what he's been able to do. And, and then you got Bones. Bones is a special team coordinator, man. I'm really a big Bones fan, man. I like uh, I like what he brings to the table. He has a little extra wrinkle, and you always got to be on your A game whenever you're going up against the Cowboys because you never know what they're going to do special
1: team-wise. You said it was a whole different conversation, but I'm going to bring it up. It uh, looks like Uh-oh. the Texans and the Cowboys are two teams that are interested in Dalvin Cook. So when you look at this from a Cowboys fan perspective, is this something like, oh, well, this guy doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. He could be the boost we need, or... Well, there's a reason this guy wasn't playing much this year, and I don't want that headache going into the playoffs. How, how would you view it if you were a Cowboys fan, if they were able to bring him in?
10: I would look at it as a rental car, man. You know, when you when you go to another city and you get a rental car, man, you're not really worried about the issues that it may have had before. You're just hoping that it gets you where you need to go, right? I mean, so you treat him like a rental car. You bring him in, you know that he can carry carry the rock. He's been there, done that. If you can get some good carries, kind of balance him out with uh, Tony Pollard and at least have a threat of a run game, I think you're in a good position. I think that that's exactly what you're going to want to do, because that's what you're going to need. You're going to need to have a run game, especially if you go ahead against those, uh, you know, those bloodthirsty pirates that are called the San Francisco 49ers, man. They're, they're a dangerous team, right? And so they're going to want to, they're going to want to chew up the, the the clock with the, the ground game at Christian McCaffrey and, you know, Debo Samuel and everyone that they've got cooking there in San Fran. So you've got to be able to balance that out. If you're just throwing the ball around the yard, One, you're setting setting it up for failure, you know, turnovers. And the 49ers, again, they're hunters. They go and get that ball. They're looking for it. So I just think that you've got to be able to have a, a run game that's at least a threat. And so you bring in another guy, man, having an extra horse in the stable is never going to hurt. So I think that Dalvin Cook is the guy that you would you would need just to add into the mix. Again, it's not going to be your your Super Bowl MVP or your, you know, NFC Championship game MVP. But it's a guy that is a threat. And He's been there, done that. You know he knows how to carry the rocket. similar to what Tampa Bay did when they went and got playoff Lenny. Remember when they went and got a uh, uh, – what's sure, his name sure, from – uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, Leonard Fournette, exactly. I mean, he was nothing fantastic. He's nothing fantastic now. But he was what they needed in the playoff run.
3: Q Myers hosts a game night right here on ESPN Central Texas Monday through Friday. And Q, the MVP race, is it over? Is it Lamar Jackson? Go ahead and hand him the trophy.
10: Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. It's not even close, right? I thought that he won the MVP when the Ravens beat the 49ers. But then... He was like, you know what? I'm going to add a little extra on this, right? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to order another round for everybody in the building. So he went, and the, and the Baltimore Ravens, what they were able to do to Miami, putting up 56 points. I mean, that was such a dominant performance. He just put the icing on the cake. Right now, do you know the odds are 10,000 to one? Oh I mean, it's just, you would literally have to pay You'd have to. – you'd have to – Spent $100 to win one buck. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? So, yeah, if you want to know that, that that's game set match when it comes to Lamar and the MVP, that's all you need to know right there.
1: And looking at all these different playoff scenarios going into this weekend, the NFL did this on purpose. We stack up these divisional games at the end here, yep. and it looks like Cowboys looking at the two seed, and it's still a ch- kind of a toss-up between Packers and possibly Rams in there, but those are two very different teams right now, so how much difference would the level of concern be for Cowboys fans if it was the Rams coming in red hot rather than the Packers who, you know, had to win some games at the end but are kind of limping into this thing?
10: Man, I'll tell you, the Rams, what a surprise they are, right? Yeah. Jeez, if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm anyone, I don't really know if I want to play the Rams. I know they barely squeaked out a victory last week against the Giants, but... Man, for a team that got rid of Jalen Ramsey, for a team that looked like their head coach was going to be on the outs and decide he didn't want to come back, Aaron Donald looked like he wanted to retire. Matt Stafford looked like his back was broken and he wasn't going to return. And yeah, all those, you know, forget those picks and this, that, and the other. is coming back to, to bite them in the backside now. It's over. It's a done deal. All they are is a playoff team, right? I mean, it's just right. like, what in the world? They're resting their players because they're such a playoff team, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play him. I wouldn't want to play him at all, you know. And, and Matt Stafford and company, if they end up in, uh, in in Arlington going up against the Cowboys, you know, Matt Stafford would have a big uh, group of family members there. I'm sure he'd love to return to the DFW area and have a playoff game, right? A playoff game with the Rams, a team that nobody expected to be in the position they're in. Yeah, I think the Rams are the one team that you really don't want to play. And I, I really don't care who you are just because they've been there, done that. Sean McVay knows how to get it done and actually win a championship. And anytime you got that guy named Aaron Donald in the middle of your defensive line, mm-hmm. you've got a chance because he is. You want to talk about a bloodthirsty pirate? That is a definition of a bloodthirsty pirate, man. That guy, he wakes up drinking blood, right? So if you're, if you're the, the, the quarterback, if you're the running back, if you're an offensive lineman, you don't want no parts of that guy. So, yeah, I don't think the Cowboys want the Rams either.
3: How concerned should Chiefs fans be right now?
10: I think they, there's definitely a level of concern. I mean, I think we're all understanding that they're not the Chiefs that we're used to seeing. But the one thing I'll say, and I said this on game night last night, is I still have confidence in them once they get into the playoffs because they've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. right? They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. They still have Travis Kelsey. And they still have uh, you know Chris, uh, Chris Jones. So that's, that, those are positives right there. Now, they've got some struggles. They've got some young cats that decide they don't want to catch the ball. And, you know, playmakers, they've got issues here and there. they got penalties. We, we know that. But when it comes to playoff and experience, there's nothing that you can substitute for that. And they have that. And they've been there, done that. They're the defending Super Bowl champs for a reason. So, you know, I don't think that they're going to be playing on February 11th here in Vegas at the Super Bowl. I don't think that that's going to be the team. But I'll tell you what, man, I wouldn't sit there and throw some money against them and be like, yeah, they're out, right? Because, again, they've got Mahomes. when you have Mahomes, look what he did last year. I mean, Mahomes was on an ankle that I just knew he wasn't going to be able to play on. I was like, there's no way. The dude can barely even walk. Yeah, he don't need to walk. All he needs to do is be able to throw the ball around the yard. And, well, he ran on top of it, on, you know, with that as well. So mm-hmm. he's just that stinking good, man. And so I'm not going to bet any money against Patrick Mahomes. So I would be concerned because it doesn't look like what I'm used to seeing. But I also would be like, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Our quarterback's still better than yours. And I feel very confident saying that. So, you know, that that's that's a, that's still a positive that they have.
1: And with that, in the AFC, you know, the, the two teams ahead of them are – quarterbacked by Lamar Jackson and Tua who have not had playoff success so far so you say you know they're not going to be out there playing February 11th and we've got some football ahead of us for you to change your mind on that but would you even with Lamar being the runaway MVP would you feel confident putting the money on him and the Ravens if they had to host Patrick Mahomes for the AFC championship
10: um I know it's a ways away I would I think I would only because the Ravens have that defense that they're playing with right now. Their defense is really good. They, they are literally playing Ravens football where they're able to run the ball effectively. Lamar is doing it with his arm even more than he is doing with his legs. And then that defense is coming to play. Uh, I like their corners. I like their linebackers. Man, those guys, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, look out now. Come on, man. You want to talk about some headhunters, man. Those dudes, they're looking to knock your block off, man. I like both of those guys a lot. Uh, They are really the heartbeat of that defense. And, of course, they've got their dudes up front with the defensive line. So, yeah, I would still pick Baltimore right now. And full disclosure, i picked Lamar before the season to actually win the MVP and the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl because I like their new offensive scheme under Todd Monken. So I'm I'm looking like a genius right now. Everything's coming (laughs) up Q. Everything's coming (laughs) up Q. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Except for when I go to a casino here in Vegas <laughs> and try to make some money. <laughs> then it's like, nope, you're still a dummy. So yeah, so there's that. But uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think that they're got, they gotta be the team man. They, they, they just are playing at such a high level and they're peaking. I feel like at the right time. So that's, that's the good thing. The only concern I have with Baltimore is they're not playing their guys on Saturday against Pittsburgh. They have a first week bye. you know, the first round of the playoffs, they have a buy. That's two weeks in a row that Lamar Jackson is not going to play. How much is that going to hurt him when they actually do get on the grass? Is that, cause I'm not a big, I'm not a big rest guy, right? I don't really, I don't, I don't like the rest, man. I mean, I get it. You got to have a little bit, but two weeks not playing. I feel mm-hmm. like that, that kind of takes guys off their rhythm a little bit. And Baltimore had that happen to them not too long ago, right? They were the number one seed got to the playoffs and they got kicked right out the club. So That's my only concern with them moving forward is is that extra week going to hurt them than it would be if they actually played their guys at least a little bit coming up on Saturday, which is not going to happen.
3: Q Myers host a game night here on ESPN with us inside the press box. And Q, you know how I feel about resting as well, and and I'm not an advocate of it at all because of the rhythm you just mentioned. But what in the world is going on with the Cleveland Browns? They are on fire, and they're going to rest Joe Flacco, who just a few weeks ago was sitting on his couch.
10: Yeah, I mean, just a few weeks ago, Joe Flacco was sitting with me on Thursday, Thursday, you know, having a cold one, <laughs> talking about what it used to be, <laughs> right? But, I mean, I'll say this. They probably do need to rest him. I mean, he's 38 years old. He's probably like, man, look, I'm playing more than I expected to play. I didn't know that this was going to be this kind of a party. How about this story, though, right? How, how about this Cleveland Browns story? This team is on team, well, quarterback five now because uh, Flacco's not playing on uh, this weekend. So they'll, they'll be on quarterback five. But, I mean, he's – like you said, he's quarterback four, comes in off the couch, and has got this team going in the right direction. They have exactly what they need to – honestly, they it would be funny, but they could end up in the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't want to say that. My, my partner on game night, <laughs> Emmett Golden, is from Cleveland. <laughs> he talks about it all the time, and I tell him, cut it out, man, you're crazy. But they've got a defense. They've got a run game. And, well, they got a quarterback that's not making too many mistakes. So, I mean – Things go right for them; they could end up here in Vegas, uh, February 11th, and that would be wow. so wild. And then on top of that, and I asked Emmett this last night, I said, "Okay, just 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 for s's and giggles, say the Ravens or say the uh, the Browns do end up in the Super Bowl, and they win it. Who's the starting quarterback next season?" <laughs> he, said, he said Deshaun Watson. He told me Deshaun Watson. Oh no! Like, Are you kidding me? How is that even possible? Like I don't care if you make two hundred and fifty million dollars if I just won a Super Bowl with this guy off the couch guess who's going to be my starting quarterback if he wants to be the next season the guy guy. off the couch (laughs) (laughs) right but because they invested all that stupid money and invested all that stupid draft capital in him gave him that fully guaranteed money that put Lamar Jackson in a terrible situation with the Ravens they're like so caught up and tied at the hip with him no matter what Flacco does he's still going to be the starting quarterback when he comes back because of the money which is ridiculous
1: and go, speaking of the Browns a little bit, one former Browns coach, this is actually the 24th anniversary of him resigning from the Jets after five minutes. It looks like it's near the end of the tenure of Bill Belichick in New England. I know this is something you've talked about on the show a few times throughout this year. Not so much of is he going to be gone, but what kind of team would be interested in bringing in a Bill Belichick at this point of his career? You know, that that's a
10: great question. And it's funny, I'm the only one who feels like that the, the there's not going to be a big a big line of teams waiting to to hire him and everyone that I talked to was like, no, if, if Bill Belichick wants to be your coach, he's your coach. And I was like, why? I mean, I get what he's done in the past, but I mean, I've done a lot of great things in the past, That at least I'll tell you that. I mean, they might be lies, (laughs) but I'll tell you, right. I mean, it's just like, what are we, what are we doing? I mean, look, the pro bowl and I know the pro bowl is not the end all be all the pro bowl roster came out yesterday. You know, who has no
1: pro bowlers on the roster? I do know, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots.
10: They have no pro bowlers. You know why? Because that guy, the hoodie, Bill Belichick, is in charge of everything. And you think it's gonna change when he goes to another organization? Hey, yeah, I'll just be the coach. You guys go ahead and pick the ingredients. I'll <laughs> has that ever been a Bill Belichick MO? No. No, no. So I don't I don't see why the what the attraction is, but it's just me. Like everyone I talk to is like, yeah. Of course. If, if he wants to coach the Chargers, he coaches the Chargers. Wants to coach the Raiders, he can coach the Raiders. I was like, wait, wait, hold on. What are we talking about? Didn't the Raiders just get rid of the Patriot And They're like, yeah, but it's Bill Belichick. And I was like, um, okay. I guess I'm just not going to understand this conversation. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that the list of teams and suitors are going to be long for Bill Belichick if he's not back in New England. But apparently everyone else does. So maybe I'll just take the L on that one. Maybe I'm wrong.
5: Hugh,
2: if it helps, I agree 100% with you. I don't get it either. That's what I'm talking about. He's been terrible without Tom Brady as his quarterback his whole career. He's a defensive genius, but he's terrible at evaluating offensive talent. And I think it would be crazy for any team to give him uh, control over player and personnel.
10: See, and that's that's why I come on ESPN Central Texas. I just need to have one person have my back. One person
1: have my back. That's That's why we keep
3: airing around. (laughs) Q Myers host a game night. You know him as your boy Q. Q, the biggest game this weekend in the NFL in your eyes.
10: Uh, definitely Sunday night football, man. Buffalo and Miami, right? Buffalo was left for dead for a while. I thought Sean McDermott was going to get fired when the season came to an end. Now it's like, Hey, not only are they going to make the playoffs, they can win the division, right? I mean, this is a, this is a divisional game. There's a couple games that I'm focusing on, but this is a divisional game. Uh, this is one that can winner takes all. And, and I you four or five weeks ago. I've been like, yeah, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. I would have thought that Miami would have ran away and hit with it, but look, they've, taking a couple L's they haven't looked too good doing it and I know Baltimore is a great team but they got to kind of be licking their wounds still so they're hoping they can get right And Buffalo I thought that they had so many issues with personnel coaching and is there a trouble in paradise and now all of a sudden here they are so I think that that's a great game. I can't wait to Sunday Night Football to check that one out. And then Saturday, I do want to shout out to uh, the Houston Texans and the Colts, man. I mean, that's a, another one where one of those two teams could punch their ticket to the playoffs, and then they got to wait and see, you know, if they could actually win the division based off what the Jaguars do. But you didn't think either one of those teams when mm-hmm. the season started were going to be 9-7 and seven and have an opportunity to go into the playoffs with rookie head coaches and rookie quarterbacks. But here we are, <laughs> right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like – What are we doing? So that's another game that I'm focusing on watching that's coming up on Saturday night. I'm excited about
3: when you look at the national championship game and it was set the other night coming up on Monday night. Are you satisfied with the two teams that are in the national championship? Did you think that the semifinal games were maybe the best ones we've seen so far?
10: yeah i was excited by the man i was i was locked in on uh, on new year's day watching those games man and you know i know people complain about the final four and who was in and who wasn't but as far as i'm concerned the committee got it right yep. those are some fantastic games uh i can't believe the play call that the alabama crimson tide had at the end of the game to lose to michigan but what was what a that game. what that was, was that a bad call <laughs> that was a bad decision man it was a whole lot of bad i you know and, and honestly. And you know me, Ward. I'm a guy who yells "Roll Tide" all day, right? Mm-hmm. I I didn't think that the the Alabama even was going to end up in that that position when the season started, and they they took that early l to Texas. I was like, yes, yeah, it's just not their year. They don't really have the offense. Jalen Milrow's not a good quarterback. He's a good athlete, but he's not a good quarterback. And they improved and improved and improved all season long. So you know, I don't want to sound like that guy where it's like, oh well, hey, I, I didn't expect him to be there, but honestly didn't expect them to be there and so for them to be there and to give Michigan a push and a run for their money like that I thought it was a pretty great game and I, and I got to give Michigan a ton of credit for pulling it out at the end and finding a way to win and punch their ticket to to Houston and, and as soon as they got to overtime I was like oh yeah game you know Michigan's gonna win this one and they did and it was a hell of a game and then of course the way the Sugar Bowl ended I mean man I was at the edge of my seat and I was thinking about my buddy Doug there who's a big UT supporter and I was like man Doug's sitting there knowing that the Longhorns are going to win the game. And it's funny because me and Doug had gone back and forth. We were talking about Washington UT and I was like, man, Washington a really good team. You better watch out. And he's like, ah, they ain't all that. They ain't all that. And I was like, no, no, man, they're really good. And he's like, well, we'll see. I said, yeah, we will. And so I kept thinking, like, man, he's about to text me and be like, I told you so, told you so, told you so. And then, of course, Washington pulls it out at the end. But man, those are two great games. So I'm excited to see what happens on Monday. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to roll with with Washington because I like Michael Penix a lot. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. Uh, Rome Dunze, the, the wide receiver, is fantastic. These guys are the cardiac kids, man. They they don't lose. They've gone all season undefeated. Uh, they've won 21 straight games, right? Their head coach, Kalen DeBoer, is uh, in the second year there, and he's already in the national championship game. So I'm team Washington Huskies all day, but it uh, wouldn't shock me at all to see Michigan win and Jim Harbaugh make his uh, run to the NFL after that.
3: When you look at what Washington did at the end of the game, were you as perplexed as I was of, why they were trying to get cute, why they were throwing the ball, and why they were leaving that time for Texas to have the opportunity that they had.
10: Brother, you must have been in my my living room listening to me yelling screaming at the TV, you know, and and the wife was so angry because I'm yelling, and she's like, why are you yelling at the TV? I was like, because what are they doing? (laughs) <laughs> what are they doing? Why are they not just running the ball? What are you doing? Force Texas to call timeout. That's all you have to do. And, again, I'm going back to thinking about my guy, Doug, because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is right up his alley. This is what he wants. And they just let him in, let him in, and, and they could have forced him to, to take another uh, timeout. They didn't. Yeah, it blew my mind, man. I was, I was so frustrated. And the thing about Washington, they'll do that. Every single game, they'll do something that makes you scratch your head and say, why are you trying to be so cute? You don't have to be that cute, but they, they do it. Uh, again, the cardiac kids, they still find ways to win. They make it so difficult on themselves, man. They just – all they had to do was get home when the street light came on. Like, that was the only rule. And they, to, and they had to stay out just a little bit longer because, well, why not, right?
3: Q Myers hosts a game night with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And, Q, the new Foster Pavilion opened up. You spent a lot of time here yep. and the – men and the women both get a win to open up that foster pavilion and it is outstanding how much does that help both of these basketball programs take that next step not that they haven't been at high heights but to have that little bit more of a home court advantage
10: yeah i mean it's awesome right i've seen some good pictures of it i really want to make my way there so i could check it out in person but from what i saw videos and pictures it looks fantastic and Now it should allow the students to really get excited and be there and be loud. And, you know, from everything I saw on Twitter, a lot of people saying, yeah, this place is going to be loud, which is exciting. When you have two really good programs, you know, obviously the men's and the women's team are both really good. And I saw that the women got the the victory over TCU, kind of beat the brakes off of them last night. And, you know, the men opened up the the arena and everything. So, yeah, I think that that's great. It's also great for recruiting. Not that they need help recruiting, but it's also a little feather in the cap. And I see it all the time here in Vegas because, you know, UNLV uses Allegiant Stadium. And so they're always able to say, hey, by the way, this is where you're playing your home games at. And and kids are like, wow, (laughs) that's fantastic. (laughs) So every little bit helps. You know the recruiting game is not easy. So, you know, every little thing that you can do is great. The Farrell Center was fantastic. But to be able to have that big new arena and and have all the bells and whistles now it really it takes them to the next level it, it makes them even bigger than they already are right it's like hey man that's a that's a big market program right there and it might be in a smaller market but it's a big market program it's awesome
3: your boy Q Q Myers with us here host a game night what's coming up on game night
10: Man, it's weird. We don't have a Thursday night football game, but we do have a show. That's what I'm excited <laughs> about. We do have a show. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. But, no, we're going to talk a lot of national football, uh, or the, the, the national championship game, I should say. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. Uh, we're also going to preview the Bills and the Dolphins uh, game because that's a big one on Sunday night football, so we'll definitely be paying attention to that. You know me with the draft. So I'll be talking a lot about the quarterbacks that are going to be in the draft, the quarterbacks that have been playing in the in, in the bowl games and which ones I think could be franchise uh, leading quarterbacks. So we're going to deep dive into that. That's that's my bag. I get excited about that stuff. So, yeah, me and Emmett Golden, man, that's my guy. I'll say this, man. He said last night on the show that his cat, first of all, he said his wife brought in a, cat, a stray cat from outside that was random and she wanted to keep it. And I was like, okay, that's just – terrible because, well, it's a stray cat and they'll never leave your house if you do that. So that was the first thing. Then he said, well, I already have a cat. Matter of fact, the cat's in bed with my wife. And I was like, hey, man, look, on national radio, don't ever say that anything or anybody is in bed with your wife. I'm just saying. Don't do it, dog.
3: (laughs) Q Myers, you know him as your boy Q, host of Game Night here on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Q, always appreciate the time. Have a great show. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
10: Absolutely, man. Just remember one thing WWRD. What would Rihanna do? (laughs) For it up, for it up. (laughs) I'll talk to
3: y'all. There he goes. (laughs) Q Myers, host of Game Night right here on ESPN. And always a great time to catch up with him, our NFL insider. He keeps uh, his finger on the pulse of the NFL and everything. Uh, Does a great job. But uh, I, I think, you know, you look at what he was talking about for Bill Belichick, and that was a great question to ask him because that's. I think that that's the yearning question that's going to happen after this weekend. Where does Belichick go? And I don't know. And I'm kind of like Q, in my humble opinion. I don't know that he goes anywhere. I don't know that there's anybody out there that says, yeah, that's the guy we need to fix our program right now.
1: Yeah, and and even, look, I mean, I won't hide from this. I'm a dyed in the wool. I am a son of Belichick, for sure. Um, I think he's the greatest coach ever, but... I, I do have to agree with that because of kind of what Q mentioned in there. He's not going to go and work for anybody else. No. So, no. you know That's the thing. It, it, the reason he gave that napkin to Woody Johnson 24 years ago today was because he didn't have any control over the personnel. He learned this lesson from Parcells, and Kraft learned this lesson, and that's why it was this great marriage. And I just don't see him doing that and taking that kind of step back. There's still parts of me that think, you know, I, I just wonder if there's someone like a Chargers or like a Washington or an Arizona that just you know, I know all those coaching situations aren't the same, but a a franchise like that that's just like, you know, nothing else has worked. Let's get Why don't we control. take a flyer? You know, I, I think there might still be some of that, but I'm not gonna bet the house on that. You know, if you if you you told me, you know, the bet the Patriots or the field on where he's going to coach next year, I'd have to say the Patriots, to be honest with you, and I don't even know if that's going to be right.
3: I, I agree. I, I don't think he's at the Patriots. I'll put that out there.
1: No, I doubt and it. Yeah. And, and
2: with the way he's handled Mac Jones, they're going to have probably the third pick and get one of the quarterbacks.
1: Hopefully the third pick. Hopefully. <laughs> would, you want him, would
2: you want him developing your young quarterback after eh, what no. he's done to Mac Jones? No. no I wouldn't want him no. anywhere near my quarterback.
1: I'd like Josh McDaniels, not as the head <laughs> coach, but uh, developing a quarterback. But yeah, you know, I, the, the problem is this weekend for me, guys, you know what would really help the Patriots draft position is if Washington won. Right. Oh it would. yeah. <laughs> it, would. it absolutely. So I don't would. think that's going to happen. In fact, there's reports coming out of the the, the DC Metro now that they're going to rent some players yeah. because they they want that pick. They don't want to put that into 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 any jeopardy there. All right.
2: Take the Cowboys. They're not with Sam take Howell. Take the Cowboys. Give up the points. I'm telling uh, you right now. I
1: guess. Yeah. All right. Coming <laughs> up
3: next, Mo. He'll have a what a lot about last night's game uh at the. Foster Pavilion, where the Baylor women take down TCU for the 35th? 37th. Time? 37th. Come Thank on, give him some credit, Ward. All right, I left yeah. it too short. I'm sorry. And then followed by Matt Mosley this afternoon. It's all right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Cam, for Aaron, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody.
0: Recently on the John Moore Show. Jim Haller, our guest. Well, first of
9: all, it's hard to believe that I never coached a game